Hey, everybody. It is Saturday, the 3rd of July. One day before we celebrate the birth of this country, um, that infamous document, you know, you, you can talk about a lot of other days, you can talk about a lot of other things, but that Declaration of Independence, the Statement of Fact by Thomas Jefferson, um, the, 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 you know, Ben Franklin, um, George Washington was in on the deal, uh, Adams. I mean, you look at all those people that put that deal together and basically stated some facts in a document. And, and that's really, in my mind, what we're celebrating is, is not just the fact that we declared independence, but the fact that we put in writing what was known to a lot of men at that time, and women too, um, known to mankind, if I can use that word in this day and age. But I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about what, what I consider some assaults on that independence. Uh, it's it's herd group. It's... it's, it's, it's mm, almost communism in my mind, but uh, I, I, and okay, I read Politico. I know my wife thinks I'm nuts for reading Politico, but a, a lot of liberals read political, Politico out in D.C. A lot of opinions are shaped in that. And, you know, we're having a pretty big drought in the Northern Plains, and then places like California, Oregon, Washington, not only are having a drought, but they're having a heat wave. Now, people are going to go on and on about how terrible this is and how horrific it is. And yes, you know, maybe in Oregon they're setting a lot of records. But if you look for the continental United States as a whole, this year's not even going to be a blip compared to 1936 when the whole country set record after record after record on day after day after day in, in this country. It, 34 was hot, 54 was hot, 80 was hot, 87 and 88 was hot. And, and this one's going to go down as a warm one, and it's going to go down hot in just a few particular areas. But I can tell you this morning, a friend of mine posted a picture from a lake and it's a small lake, but it's here in central Illinois. And he said he can never remember on the 3rd of July steam rising off the lake. And I know Theo rode his motorcycle home last night, and he told me about froze to death. He said it was cold. Uh, basically, he just didn't have enough clothes with him. But, but it cooled off. And so, you know, other parts of the country, yes, are very, very warm and very dry. But there's other parts of the country that are very cool and very wet. Uh, it's, it's not across the whole thing. It's called weather. And, and, and average weather is nothing but two extremes averaged out. Because it's either, it, it seems like you're either one way or the other. And, and I think that's been weather forever. And, you know, where, where I'm sitting right now at one time supposedly had three glaciers on it. And, and I can tell you that... If you dig a well in, in this vicinity right here, you're going to go through some nice black dirt. You're going to go through a little bit of red clay. Then you're going to get into this gray silt. And you're going to go down about 70 feet. And then you're going to hit another band of black dirt that, oh, by the way, has got eucalyptus tree roots in it. 
and eucalyptus trees doesn't don't grow in this climate right now. So something was going on a long time ago, 70 feet below where I'm at right now, and it was a lot warmer climate. But let's just get into what the political is talking about. Um, climate emergency. Uh, the, uh, you, you, uh, it's a human nature problem. It's a, um, uh, how do I put this? The same heat-trapping gases that have rendered Venus inhospitable to human life. Those are the quotes. Uh, it was 116 degrees in Portland, Oregon. I get that. Uh, but this, this writer, uh, The Invisible Enemy... Won't kill most of us in the short term, but cannot be defeated unless we transform our civilization in the not too long term. Now, is that reporting, is, or should this have had, this is an editorial stamped on top of it. It's an editorial. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, um, it, it, well, and he's blasting the Republicans for not, not backing Biden's climate proposals. And, uh, you, you know, talking about the young climate activists of Sunrise Movement. Um, of course, they can protest outside the White House, but conservatives can't, but that's another story for another day. Uh, you know, they, 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 you know he, just, he just goes off on everything here. But I can tell you from agriculture, this is what I'm really going to get down to. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it is going to affect what we do. And let's talk a little bit about regenerative agriculture while we get on this climate change. Okay, the Biden administration, you know, they put out this here pledge that the U.S. is going to go to net zero emissions of carbon by 2050. 30% of the world Fortune 500 companies have pledged to be carbon neutral. And then you have what's called environmental, social, and government governance investments funds, ESG. And the capital flows into that, they're 10 times greater than it was in 2018. 2018 was just three years ago, folks. Uh, and you're looking at one-third of all the assets managed in the U.S. is in an environmental, social, and governance investment fund. Now, some of that may just be because that's the trendy thing to do and a lot of outfits are calling it that and are they really doing it or not? Are they just using it to attract investment money that they then can discharge people a commission on to, to, to invest their money? Probably. But in a lot of cases, they're, probably, they're, they're doing things that sound good and work good on paper and I know, talked to a few people that have talked about some things that some companies have done, like bought power plants and then closed the power plant, because by closing the power plant, they can write off and get a whole bunch of, of credits and good press that basically was worth more than the money they invested in the plant. But on the other hand, you know, I, I was talking to, and, and this guy is a good Democratic friend of mine. 
Uh, and, and he was talking about the shutdown of these coal plants in my state. And he was basically saying, you better get a generator. Because he's actually worried with all these coal plants being shuttered that if we get into a situation like Texas did, where the wind's not blowing and the sun's not shining, we're not going to have enough electricity. And he's like, you better get you a good generator and you better get you better get in a position where you can use it. Just for the simple fact is he's worried that that they're shutting down that much stuff. Um, and so the, the, the thing is, too, that, that, that talking about that companies to purchase carbon credits is becoming harder outside of agriculture. You know, four solar and wind credits are limited, and so agriculture is being looked upon as this huge opportunity for these credits. And that's great if they get the cost of the credits up enough. I was talking to a pretty good large-sized seed dealer that sells some cover crop seed, by the way, and has played around with it. And he was talking about, you know, the, the about $20 an acre you can sign up for from these companies. And then you can get about, um, you can get another credit from RMA on, on some of your crop insurance. And then our state has a program that you can get some credit on the crop insurance. And he was talking about the two crop insurance programs at a, at, at a very, very basic low, um, what do you call it? low density cover crop program. It would pay the cost of the seed. Now, if you could pick up another 20 bucks an acre from a carbon credit program, you're still not going to cover your equipment costs. And the fact that he was talking about, he was going to have to hire somebody in the fall to, to run a drill or run a seeder, you know, wh- whether, it's a, whether it's an air seeder on a turbo till or whether it's a, a grain drill or whatever it is that he's going to use to seed his cover crop. Uh, he's basically going to have to hire somebody in the fall and come up with some equipment and fuel to run the equipment and, and you know, everything else with it. Um, and, and he's still going to be behind the eight ball. So unless these companies are willing to pay up, uh, there, there's going to be some of this. And, and if you're already doing it and you're already doing it for because you're feeding livestock with it or because you may have some low organic matter soils or some highly erodible soils or <coughs> some soils that suffer from wind erosion, and, and you're doing cover crops already, it, it makes complete sense to sign up. But to come out here on square flat black ground that's real, real highly productive, where you're already producing it at maximum, and to do something additional that you're not going to cover all your costs on, they're going to have to pay up for it. And, and maybe they will. Maybe that's going to happen. But... Uh, the other thing that I think may happen is you may get an environmental, social, and government governance score, and you may not be able to quote unquote borrow money from a banker. You may have to pay a higher interest rates if you don't score out correctly. Or if all this money goes into these types of investment funds, unless you're doing the right thing and got the right story to tell you're not going to be able to borrow money from them because they're going to have rules about, you know, putting money or or loaning money out or doing whatever. Uh, And I guess that's not discriminatory. 
there's probably a court case being prepared somewhere right now for that. Um, but it, it it's, you know, the, the, this, this dry weather that we're having, these high prices, along with the, the, the hot weather they're having on the West Coast, and I, I find it interesting that, that Portland and Seattle and those places that's, that's been quote-unquote hot with all the protests are now hot with the temperature. Um, it, you know, with, with that publicity of these things going on, and yes, it's very, very good for our grain prices, there's probably going to be a cost to pay down the road, and it's probably going to come into the fact that, that you know, you're going to be able to see these climate activists use this stuff. And you, you and I both know, you all know, that they're already talking about the death toll from this heat wave in the Northwest. And you get in a lot of places up in the Northwestern states in Washington and Oregon, and people don't have air conditioning because it never gets warm. I mean, it doesn't get to 80 degrees, or maybe gets to 80 degrees a few days, or maybe in the afternoon, but it doesn't get warm, and all of a sudden, boom, they had 100 degrees plus. Uh, and, And I can tell you... 100 degrees plus without air conditioning is not the funnest place to be. Now, you may want to be in the air conditioning business in the northwestern United States right now because there's probably a lot of people putting air conditioning in right now. But this this thing is is not done yet. It's it's going to be all over the place and if and you know, watching after the after the quote-unquote government report and seeing that they didn't get the jump in the acres they thought and we, I think everybody would pretty much agree that that the yield levels that they came out with in March, with the weather problems that we've had so far, are going to be hard to get to. And oh, by the way, I, I keep hearing uh, in in my neighborhood on South too much rain in in a number of places, and between the flooding, the ponding, and then just the standing water that has eventually got off these crops. You know, I'm listening to these agronomists talk about the fact that we're going to have some yield reductions from the too much water in places. Uh, that that's it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, especially if we have extremely high prices for grain down the road. Now, am I predicting extremely high prices? I don't know. I do believe that we're not going to see uh, any kind of big washout to the downside. Well, that well that is unless. You know, China tries to take over Taiwan and people start throwing things at each other, uh, then we're probably going to see this market crater. But on, on the other hand, uh, this weather thing's really good to, to, to grain farmers that's got the grain. Livestock guys, it's not so good to. I know there's the, the cattle markets eventually, whenever this liquidation phase gets done, and the liquidation phase is not going to get done until the weather turns around and greens up some grass in places. And, and oh, by the way, the Southern Plains uh, pastures have improved tremendously in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, parts of Colorado, New Mexico. Uh, the, 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 the grass has improved tremendously because they've gotten rain there. But they continue to move cows off pasture in North Dakota, South Dakota, the Prairie Provinces, um, a lot of places like that. I mean, I was even uh, listening to a guy from Canada. They're having trouble with their water sources right now. And, and they're in a geography that they always have these, 
little, you know, you and I would call them little lakes. They call them, I forget what he called them, but it's where, where their ca- their cattle have their summer, their water, and this dry weather, they're having trouble with that. And and doesn't matter how much grass you got in the pasture, if you don't have any water for the cattle, you got to move them. I mean, that's either that or haul water to them. And a big old cow can drink a lot of water, and that means you're hauling a lot of water. But environmental, social, and government's investment funds and your environmental, social credit score, that's coming to a bank near you. That's coming down the line. And, and whether we like it or not, if the people that's got the money and we need the money or we need to buy things from their company and they're going to score it and run it that way, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to provide an interesting an interesting an interesting way of operating and doing business. Yeah, I've talked to a couple farmers that are actually trying to get out of the business of borrowing money because they don't want to have to deal with a bank and do that. And this this run up in the grain prices may be enough where they can finagle and finagle and, and get themselves in a position where they could be in a position of not having to borrow as much money down the road. And in that case, they're going to feel pretty good, at least they do, about being able to be independent and kind of do what they want. But yeah, that's a long way out there. I mean, you know, and, and okay, I'll just use the example, too, of the fe- amount of federal money that's been thrown around because of COVID. Uh, you know, the state of Illinois is bragging about how much better shape it's in. Well, if you look at the total amount of federal money that's been sent to Illinois because of COVID, and this is everything from enhanced unemployment benefits to to state aid to everything, you know, and I mean, and, and this isn't money that's went to individuals per se in um, like PPP loans or or government farm program payments. Uh, but but the the outfit that figured this did take into account you know money that that was in several different programs that ended up here, and, and they were talking about 138 billion dollars to the state of Illinois because of COVID relief, and they're like that's really why the finances got better, you know when when you looked at that that everything and 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 a lot of other states got a lot of money from the feds. And I'll use this, too, with farmers. A lot of farmers got PPP loans. A lot of farmers got uh, COVID payments. And if you were able to hold through these low prices, especially the last year, and then sell it this year into the higher price realm, you're, you know, you're sitting on a pile of cash, but, you know, the PPP loans aren't going to happen next year. The farm program payment money's not going to happen next year. Uh, there's there's going to be this free cash we got's going to be gone, so that's going to change things. Well, hey, kind of rambled a little bit here on this Saturday morning, but re- read some of this liberal media and and just see what they're talking about with this climate and this big heat wave. Um, th- this big heat wave that's going on. Um, well, and, and I can tell you that. One of the things the climate activists, and I'll just leave you with this, they're talking about, well, if it's a real crisis, Washington can move really quickly, and this climate is a real crisis. Washington enacted $6 trillion worth of COVID relief. 
That, that's, that's basically what these climate activists are saying, that the COVID relief was $6 trillion and that, by God, that this climate's just as bad as the COVID crisis. Now, I think you and I need to, you know, we could go back and start making the argument that it's not as crisis as the COVID crisis and that we've always had heat waves, we've always had droughts, we always will. Um, this is nothing really that much out, you know, and, and you look, yeah, yeah, in a couple places they're setting records, but in a lot of cases too, I'm seeing that, yeah, it's, it's, it's tied with the record or it's close to the record that was set in some other year. Uh, so it's been warm there before, uh, but yet, you know, some, some of, you know, it, 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 um, boy, I'm a loss for words here. You know, it's it's one of those things that uh, I think a lot of people in agriculture, we've made the argument we've always had droughts, we've always had hot weather, we've always had this stuff. It's not this big crisis, but I'm beginning to wonder if we haven't lost the argument over convincing the people in, in policy positions, and not just government, these big corporations, that they 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 they're convinced there is a problem and they're going to do stuff to fix it. We've quote unquote lost the argument that there's a problem or not, and that 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 means they're going to come up with solutions whether we like the solutions or not, or they're going to come up with solutions to something that may not even be a problem, but it doesn't matter. And we can also say this much, and I'll leave on this. It's good public relations for those big companies and those people in government positions to be talking about that and going down the road and talking about the, the solution that they're working on, the problem that's not really a problem, because they can throw solutions out there and it all looks good and it sells good and it's all good PR. Well, hey, with that, that's sometimes what we're up against, folks, is just a huge PR machine. And we're not always really good at it. And I know people talk about telling your story and doing that. And, but I've also used this example. If you're in the uh, cattle or pork or poultry processing business, go in the side to one of those plants and try to paint a rosy picture. It's not real pretty, but it's got to be done to get to the other side. You know, you got the real pretty cow being raised in the pasture on one side, and you got this great-looking chunk of meat with the mashed potatoes and the vegetables and everything on the plate ready to eat that looks really pretty. But getting from point A to point B is not always pretty. But that's just part of life. and But a lot of people never have to experience that, and they don't want to. You know, last thing. And my wife's looking at me that I'm doing too many last things. Very few people in the world outside agriculture have to worry about the weather. Yeah, there's some jobs that do have to worry about the weather. And maybe, you know, truck drivers with snowstorms and stuff. But we can get into all that. But most people only really notice the weather when their weekend outdoor event gets canceled or they can't go to the golf course. Their job, their work, their life doesn't depend on the weather. And in agriculture, 
We depend on the weather. We look at the weather. We study the weather. We pay people to tell us about the weather. We look at multiple weather sources. We're deciding whether we need to mow hay, not mow hay. You know, are we going to get this field harvested? Is it going to rain on this? Is the corn going to get pollinated? Is there enough rain for the beans? I mean, the whole deal in agriculture is about weather. And we're probably closer to the weather than anybody else. So whenever one of these quote-unquote extreme things happen, these people think it's the end of the world. And I'm sitting here going, no, it's not as bad as 80. No, it's not as bad as 88. No, it's, you know, I, I listened to my dad and my grandpa talk about 34 and 36 and, and how literally they just had, you know, teams of horses falling over dead um, just because it was day after day after day of relentless heat and they had no way. I mean, they cooled them as best they could. They tried to take care of them. But the older ones, you know, just had problems. Um, and they didn't have track hose and stuff to, to bury all this stuff, folks. Think about that. And think about how big a horse is. We're in weather all the time, everywhere, all of it. And we have historical knowledge and yields. And, you know, when when I'm talking to somebody just after this these huge rains that we had in central Illinois... The 11 and a half inches last, what that's now, a week and a half ago there south of uh, Bloomington Normal. And I talked to a guy that's my age, and he goes, nope, it, it got higher than it did in 74, and 74 was the all-time high. That's historical perspective. But how many people that work in town, that move around, that live in multiple places, you know, have that long-term perspective that we do in agriculture. They just don't. Well, hey, with that, smartest audience in agriculture. Thanks for listening.